Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. Her name is Kati, the CEO of RMD. Kati, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Likewise, uh, and uh, I'm sure that we'll have a lot of fun, and the audience will learn a ton from you. And uh, but let's get to know to, to know more about you and uh, why did you decide to start up our MD? Well, uh, Dr. Javed, Somi Javed started her MD, and she uh, was an OBGYN who was seeing 50 patients a day and realized that she couldn't serve the patients um, in the way that she wanted to serve them, and so she started her MD. Uh, she's been growing the company over the last, I would say, seven years, and uh, just recently took on some funding, and that's how she, um, I came into the picture. I and got it. So, uh, part of that process was to hire a CEO, and uh, I got a call from a recruiter, and it was when they described what her MD was doing. Um, I was just hooked right away on, on the mission of the company to help women. I love it. So, and share with us a little bit more about the, the the story of the company and what is the vision uh, of the company. Absolutely. So, HerMD is really focused on uh, providing women exceptional health care, and we focus primarily in areas of sexual health and menopause, um, which are often overlooked um, by your traditional healthcare providers. They just don't have the time or the training to help women in an effective way with these issues. And so um, that's really, I think, the main focus of what we're offering to our patients is expertise in that area. Got it. Sounds great. And uh, what would be the big dream? Like, let's say the long-term vision, what needs to happen in order to feel that our MD has been able to fulfill uh, the mission of, of our MD? Well, we, we would like to be in every state in the country. I mean, that's really what <laughs> we want to do is to expand across the nation to do what we're doing in Kentucky and Cincinnati on a much broader scale. And so that's really our, you know, our North Star is to try to serve women all over the country and beyond. We have patients coming in from Canada as well on a regular basis. Got it. Sounds great. Of course, there is something really important uh, about your concept, which is to treating women in a, in a different way and providing a kind of care that they are not able to have in the traditional uh, healthcare system. So, and all about this is, of course, the, the mission, the brand, the community, uh, what you are trying to build. Can you share a little bit more about um, what is kind of the, the, the special ingredients that you are trying to to bring with, with the brand and the community? I think, uh, I, maybe I'll give you an example of when I joined the company. I came from a healthcare organization where we did 15 minute visits. And uh, when Perfect. Dr. Javid said, well, we start every new patient with a 60 minute visit, I thought, wow, like what would you even do for an hour? And so I said, I'd like to be a patient. I'm a menopause age woman. I want to do a real visit and I have real issues just like everyone else. And um, what was really different about that visit is, uh, first of all, there was no computer in the room. No one was standing at the door with their hand on the doorknob. And uh, she listened and asked a lot of questions. And we used a full 60 minutes. And I felt like at the end of that visit, uh, not only did my provider understand my problem, but had a really good plan for me to try and help me improve my life. 
And so I think that's really um, part of what our vision and mission is, is to bring that ability to give a doctor enough time to hear you and uh, help you solve your problem. Exactly. Yeah, so I've, I've been, uh, I, we started the, the podcast in 2018 to cover all the scaling up leaders, uh, sharing their own scaling up lessons. And um, in last year, I was diagnosed with uh, Ashimoto, and that's why I decided to cover uh, also digital health scale ups. And that's when we started this season about uh, digital health. So, I had my own experience on the patient uh, side, and I have my own issues about you know having those fifteen minute calls that uh, that you're talking about, and how important it is to have a. The doctor really gets us, understands us, and is able even to get into the diagnosis um, stage. But there is also another side uh, of the doctor that sometimes can get into a burnout state um, yes. and needs to follow certain uh, metrics uh, and uh, to be able to, to make the business model work. So what is your approach to be able to make the patient experience much better than in traditional healthcare, also an amazing doctor experience and make the business model simultaneously. <laughs> it's definitely the needle to thread, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think the first thing I want to say about the providers, the doctors, is the doctors, they want to give you what you need and they want to spend the time with you. And structurally, I think it's set up that it's hard for them to do that. If you're an obstetrician, uh, your number one priority is delivering babies. And so oftentimes they are called out uh, to deliver a baby and that makes their schedule run behind. So you're already kind of angry when you get into the office. So it's a, not a good patient experience and it's not good for them because it's not fun to have people mad at you all day long because you're running behind. <laughs> and so um, we don't do obstetrics and our, we work with women through the first trimester, but we really focus on uh, women's health and gynecology and the sexual health and menopause. So we don't have the distraction of being on call and called out. So that's one thing. Um, we allow the providers enough time to have with the patient. And the first visit is an hour long. And then depending on what's next, sometimes they're not that long. But I think what your question was is to me is how do you do that? Like, how do you run yeah. the business with these long visits? And uh, it's about product mix, really, from the business standpoint. And so our business also, we do surgical um, procedures in office. And so surgical procedures in office are good for everyone. They're good for the insurance companies because they cost less than a hospital. They're good for the patient because they have less exposure to all the things that you have in a hospital. And they're good for us because we get paid more for those than we would if we did them in the hospital. And so some of those higher dollar surgical procedures can help offset the lower dollar um, longer visits. And then in addition to that, we have a medical spot, her MD, and we can offer patients um, some other things that just make them feel good. And so that also helps us with the whole picture of the product mix. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the million dollar question, how, how to make a business model uh, work in, in the digital health uh, space, having all these ingredients uh, yeah. in consideration, right? So 
So that's that's really great. And I know that there is also a, a physical space that you are uh, working on in order to make women feel even more comfortable when they are going into that space to not feel that they are to, in, into those cold, um, uh, let's say, uh, clinics uh, where they, they don't feel uh, very comfortable at, let's say, in, in those words. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I have a pet peeve about when you walk into an office and there's a big piece of tape on the floor that says stand behind the line. And then there's plexiglass <laughs> on the phone and, and nothing, nothing is as important as you are. Everything is more important than you are. So we try to change the game there. And so when you from the minute you walk in, the way it looks, the way it feels, even the way it smells, it smells nice. Um, and the tone of voice that we try to talk to people in, it's not in a rushed, harsh tone. And so I think from the minute people walk in the door, we try to make them feel very welcome and safe. Um, the finishes in the clinics are, feel more like a spa than a medical office. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people are just kind and, I don't know, welcoming, I would say. So I love the, the, yeah. the spa concept. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I think that the spa helps us to kind of understand the the kind of concept that you are trying to deliver uh, to your to your customers. Okay, and anything else that you'd like to to share about that experience and and a little bit the product, the business model, the vision of um, uh, R and D. You know, I thought there was one story that might be interesting to share. Um, we recently had an event. Um, to talk about uh, fibroids for women. And so fibroids are a problem that many women face. And we did an event, um, a Sonata event, which is about a new treatment that's available for this. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part about the story is uh, Tanika Gray was there from the White Dress Project and she and Dr. Javade were discussing what I would say are very um, personal um, things that have happened around this area. And Tanika was telling her own story. and. There was over 50 people in the room and women started telling their stories like very like like things you would just never talk about, um, like excessive bleeding and how it affected them, like not being included in family events. And I would just say it was a jaw dropping experience for me to see what happens when you create an environment where people feel safe to share and people were sharing in front of 50 strangers. And so um, I, it was very touching to me that this is an opportunity to really affect change and uh, give women an opportunity mm -hmm. to feel safe talking about these things that have been taboo. And I have to tell you, Mike, even since I joined the company, now I'm not a doctor, just to be clear, my phone has been ringing off the hook with people saying, wow, do you think they can help me with this? Can they help me with that? I don't know where to go. I don't right. know like who you mentioned something to me about, um, you know, herbal supplements and, so people are just like seeking, like, where can I get like real evidence-based medicine that is covered by my insurance? And so right. I think that's, um, I didn't mention that earlier, but we do accept insurance. We're not a concierge product. We're trying to make it affordable for women to get this care. This so that's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess that's the thing I would maybe end with on that topic is just the idea that creating that safe space is so powerful. Right. So, and uh, in terms of the scaling up lessons, uh, of course, you have you are joining now at the Series A uh, stage. 
uh, what uh, and it has been a, a 10 million uh, Series A uh, round that um, that RMD has uh, has raised. So what's what's next and what are some of uh, your lessons learned uh, scaling up companies? I think um, companies and scaling companies are all about people to begin with. And so the first lesson is trying to learn about who you have on the team and what their gifts and gifts are. And so everybody has things, I call them superpowers, Dr. Javed calls them their gifts, but everybody has things that they're really, really good at. And so as you scale, if you can find ways to put people in the position to leverage those skills, it's very powerful. So I think the first thing is really assessing the team, figuring out the superpowers. The second thing is where do you have gaps? And so there's always gaps. Um, somewhere. And so how do you fill the gaps? Um, what's the best way to get that done? So that's really the second thing. And then laying out a plan to do that. And then I think the third thing is the product itself. And to me, the product is the things we talked about, like what does the patient consumer experience look like? And in products, there's often a focus in one area, and then there's other areas that are not as good. And I find in healthcare, usually the visit itself is where we all focus. But then what happens after the visit or like uh, my prescription doesn't work or I can't schedule. And, and so when we can perfect that end to end and get that all dialed mm -hmm. in, I think then you're ready to go. So it's really, you know, the product, the people, the product um, and, and those things really can get you ready to go fast. Love it. Yeah. I think that's, we, we have discussed this a lot on the show and also with the CEOs that I advise um, the importance of radical focus and of a clear um, ICP. And uh, in your case, the ICP is uh, super, super clear, right? So who yep. you are yep. trying to uh, to serve. At this moment, are you present in how many states? Already in all states? Uh, how, how, how is your expansion strategy uh, being uh, executed and planned? Well, we see, we've seen patients from 30 states already. Patients have come to us. And so now we're trying to bring her MD to them in the other states. So we're in two states. We've just secured a location in a third state. And we're actively looking for real estate um, in additional locations, trying to find an East Coast location, expanding our Midwest presence. And so... Uh, that that's really our focus along with telemed the compact makes it uh, you know the, you're familiar i'm sure with the telehealth compact it makes it a little bit easier uh, to go broader more quickly for telehealth so we're working on that as well so we'll be right. doing a parallel path of expanding telehealth across the country and that'll happen right. more quickly than the brick and mortar expansion exactly. but we'll be doing them at the same time yeah, more uh, scalable in in that perspective right absolutely and I agree with you, the, the team is all, of course, it's the starting up stage. It's all about the founding team. It's the scaling up stage uh, about the, as I like to call the leadership team 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, because of course uh, we need different skills for different stages uh, of, uh, of growth. And at this stage, what is the ad count of uh, our MD? Just to have an idea of, uh, oh, or, or more or less. <laughs> I, I, we're less than 50, but we're growing quickly. Um, of course, especially now, uh, it will accelerate, right, with the, with the A round. Uh, Definitely accelerate. And, you know, bringing in some key roles, like you just mentioned something I think that's important to realize, 
is as you scale and get bigger, you, the skill sets change. And so we've hired some key positions. Like, for example, we brought in um, someone who has a lot of experience just building retail clinics and selecting that's real estate. And so when you bring in that skill, it really allows you to go a lot quicker. But that skill wasn't there because that wasn't the focus at that point in time. Got it. And finally, so I like to talk about the radical focus, uh, the team or and culture, of course. Uh, and finally, something that I that I think that I almost uh, listened on on your words, which which is the execution machine. So having yes. the rhythms in place, um, having the the OKRs, uh, and huge clarity on what is the the narrative and and the meat and the long term. Uh, in terms of the vision of the company and that everyone can own uh, that vision and, and make it happen on a, on a daily basis. And I would say that we, we, a lot of times we have, and we have, we, we had uh, hosted uh, also other times professional um, CEOs, mm -hmm. uh, but what is the approach of a professional CEO that comes into a VC packet company at, at this stage um, what are some of the lessons that other professional CEOs can learn from your experience with uh, RMD so far? I think one of the things I think that is really helpful when you come into a new company is usually there's a lot of fear right away. So everybody's going to be afraid that you'll fire them. It's just natural. Right. You know, it's a change thing. And so what I like to do is just focus on the work. And so we often sit down and we did this at HerMD the very first week. We, we laid out what is all the work and in, in kind of bucket, buckets of work in each category. What are the finance work, HR, clinical? And it starts to, number one, it helps people realize it isn't about my job. It's just like I'm doing a lot of work. Um, where are the gaps? Where am I not getting it done? And then we made a list of things that we are not going to do. And so you mentioned focus. I think it's just as important to focus on what you are not going to do right. as what you are going to do. And so we did that. We put some things below the line. And then it creates this natural transition of organizational architecture. Because when you, for, when you lay out all the work with no names, then there's really no worry about power struggles. And then you say, oh, Now it makes sense to me that this person shouldn't have these six things and it doesn't feel bad. And so that would be my advice is just focus on the work and create a structure to understand what it is. And then it kind of it comes more naturally to then re-architect the team over the first few months because you'll, there'll be changes when you come into a new series of funding. Absolutely. Uh, something important that you said uh, in And it should be important to share with other uh, leaders that are listening to, to the show is that in, in such a fast growth environment, it is impossible to, to promise to people that there will not be changes. What, what we can promise is that it will, we will have changes and a lot of changes. And I think it's, it's really important for people to, to understand that when they are joining a VC backup company, uh, there is a lot of change and uh, we need to uh, embrace change as part of, uh, of the game, right? As part of the rules. Well, I, I want to share one quick story about that. I yeah. had great advice once uh, from a, a mentor of mine, and um, he told a story about his son who had a friend who was six foot tall in a basketball team, and he always wanted to be a point guard. 
And his name was Jeremy. We always called it the Jeremy story. And so Jeremy, we said, we need you to be center. And he said, but I don't want to be center. I want to be point guard. And the coach said, well, do you want to win the game or do you want to be point guard? So when you're on a team, you have to be willing to do what's best for the team to win the game. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I just love the Jeremy story. You know, put me in coach, put me where you need me to go. And so we try to talk about that. You know, we want the team to win. So. And I think it's, it's great to go through those transitions. It creates a lot of uh, emotional and mental uh, resilience and makes us more prepared to upcoming challenges in life and, and, and in business, right? And uh, when we go to other kind of businesses, it seems that nothing happens. So yeah. then I think that the ones who are in the VC-backed world uh, then will miss also the vibe and the enthusiasm and, and the ups and downs, of course, of, yeah. of, of the journey. <laughs> you have and, to be a certain person, right? To do that kind of work. I call it white knuckle sailing. You have to like the heavy wind. <laughs> Exactly. And I think that the point that we're also sharing is besides there will be a lot of change, um, it will, uh, it, we need to be able to make that change, uh, respecting the culture and the values and doing well those transitions, right? Is yeah. again, it's not about promising that things will be always perfect because nobody can um, promise that but that we will treat people with respect, that we will try to live as much as possible our values and our culture, and, and that we will give opportunities for, for people to, to grow and to be promoted uh, or, or to follow uh, their own personal purpose uh, in other VC backup companies, and to always be a, a member of the success of, of the company that they have represented kind of once or MD uh, forever, or MD. I, I love that motto because a lot of people also live to other ventures uh, and then uh, feel super identified with what they did at their previous uh, careers and are amazing fans outside of, uh, of, of the company. I agree 100%. Great. So let's go into the last segment, which is a lot of fun. Um, kind of quick questions and uh, quick answers. Uh, maybe it's it's a bit earlier to, to, to ask you if you would have a coffee with yourself uh, at the beginning of your journey with RMD, what advice would you offer to your younger self? So maybe I will uh, allow you to select a certain moment in time in the past to kind of uh, have the opportunity to have a coffee with you and give yourself, your younger self an advice. I would say, don't be a tornado. I would say when I was, a, I've always been very focused on execution and getting things done, but my younger self was a bit of a tornado. And so <laughs> uh, have a little bit of awareness of the effect of your actions on everyone else. And uh, everyone may not want to move quite as quickly as you do. So my advice would be just watch um, how people are reacting a little bit more closely to my younger self. <laughs> it's, uh... And what are you the most proud of uh, on, on your career journey so far? I've had the opportunity, I think, to really build things that make a difference to people. Um, and so I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. Um, it, at Zoom Care, we did a product called Zoom Super that was a same day emergency clinic. And uh, it was just, it, 
it was so rewarding to see how every single patient would say thank you. I'm in the same here at her MD. I think, you know, we're we're doing things that make such a difference for people. So that's probably the most rewarding part. Mission driven. <laughs> exactly, definitely. Uh, I've I've also helped uh, multiple scale-ups to to scale, and something that I most value nowadays is mission driven ventures and and strong yeah. purposes. And as I said, that's one of the reasons that we are doing. Uh, this season uh, with you. So worst advice ever received? I don't believe this, but I had a teacher, a math teacher once tell me that I had learned enough. Um, and I was very interested in math and I wanted to do something more complex. I was a little bored and he said, you've learned enough. So that was not good advice. You've never learned enough. <laughs> and, uh, I learn every day. And I, at the end of every week, I try to write down what I learned this week because we just never stop learning. Uh, absolutely. Favorite book? Uh, you know, I, there's so many books that I like. Um, there's one called Start With Why. And yeah. uh, I just like that talk also on Start With Why. And I think just teaching people about understanding the why. Absolutely. The context as to why you're asking them to do things. I think it really matters. Kind of also, uh, I think that's that's a great leadership trait is to align the why of the individual almost the life plan with with the business plan and the the career plan i think that as leaders we can help our teams to feel more fulfilled and to leverage their potential favorite movie or series well um it's kind of an oldie but a goodie but i love top gun (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great movie it had so many elements of everything in it romance it had the action. It was just a great movie about relationships. Um, but I also, my more recent one is I am a fan of Yellowstone. Just love Yellowstone and the scenery and Kevin Costner. It's a great, great show. Awesome. And uh, would you, is there anything else that I should have asked you or any other considerations that you'd like to make before, before we go, uh, Kati? Well, I think you've touched on most of the things. I just, um, I'm really excited to be a part of this team and this group of women who started the team. I, the only other thing I guess I would say is one of my big uh, revelations in being part of this team is just uh, how supportive uh, the culture is. And as you build companies, I think trying to have a culture that supports each other and recognizes when maybe somebody's having a bad day and to just mm-hmm. support them through that. Um, it's just very unique, this culture that we're creating here at this company. And I'm so excited about it. That's awesome. And so I wish you all the best in your journey with RMD. And uh, you are more than invited to come back into the show to to share your uh, journey and your lessons learned going into into the B rounds. I'm sure uh, it will be it will keep being a success. So thanks so much for making the time to, to be with us today. Well, I appreciate being here. Thanks, Mike. And to our community, thanks for being there. As you see, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier scaling up. It's never, never easy, but uh, it is also a lot of fun. See you soon and keep scaling. <music>